We're back. Welcome to starting with today's new series, The Power of Creating It. And this month, we're celebrating Women's History Month with the phenomenal lineup. It's an all-star cast. But tonight, we're talking to Nay of Taji, uh, adorned by Taji. We are excited to get into it. Get to know Nay a little bit more and tell you a little bit more about Black women, entrepreneurship, and how we're doing it all. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Michelle. Hey. All right. It's been a little while since we did a live. So let me, I see the invite. Here we go. Um, there we go. All right. Joining now. Hey, friend. <laughs> Hey, how are you? I'm great. Hey, Nay. I call you Nay, baby. Uh, <laughs> way back when, but Nay Marie. Uh, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us, for sharing time and space and energy with us. I greatly appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Looking all gorgeous and divine and all things. What are you? I miss your face. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we start there, though, for a second? Can we start there from, like, you used to do my eyebrows in Meridian yes. Hill. Yes. You used to be my backup braider, too, because I had, like, a main braider. Shout out to Natalie. Um, you also braided my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend's hair. Mm -hmm. uh, so we go way back, but we lived across the hall from each Actually, other. Actually, I don't think he did, and he might still be mad at me for that for 20, 20 years ago. But you we not never, you never braided his. No. Oh, uh, you know, he's well, still mad at me. It was Amanda <laughs> Carter. She, she did his hair. Okay, so I've been blessed by your hands several times, <laughs> and I'm grateful for you. Uh, you know, one of the things I think I was thinking about when we were doing this cause, like. They, our paths have been always what we said they would. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like, you've always been a creative spirit. Mm -hmm. um, you were in, I believe, arts, like the liberal arts department. What you find arts? I was in a lot of departments. Um, <laughs> I know you danced, you did hair. I was eyebrows. in the partying department, yeah. yeah. Partied a lot. I was in the partying department. <laughs> <laughs> that part too. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you got to this point. I know I read in an article that said that your mother did jury. You do a lot of things. So I guess we want to focus on the dormant, uh, adorned by Taji, sorry. Um, and uh, how you got to this point where you have been building many empires for a while, and then how are you using your creative juices at this point? Absolutely. Um, so like you said, I, I've always been a creative um, to the point where I, I, when I was at Howard, I never really locked down a major. Um, <laughs> and then even when I went on to college in New York, it was still like, I majored in hospitality, but that was more so the um, you need a job kind of a major, right? And so... Um, I'm working in retail at a restaurant, and this feels like something I could do. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't I, – I used the tools from that degree, but that degree is still, like, it's it's over there collecting dust somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, support black colleges. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, after a while, after going through many jobs and getting laid off, I was like, you know, I don't want to work for anybody else. Like, I, I always knew that I never did. Um, I actually went to Howard with the intent of um, majoring in business and working for myself, but I, I wasn't in the right major, and I didn't know that when I was at Howard, so that could have made a difference. Yeah, but um, that was always my intent. When I went there, I was like, I wanted to, I think, um, own a hair salon. I think that was my intention back then. Um, I of course, and that's what you were doing. It makes sense. It makes sense. You were doing um, <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know I definitely wanted to be um, to own my own business. I knew that much. Um, but obviously, you know, life and bills and you got to pay for stuff. So somebody was like, you need to get a job because you don't know anything about anything right now. But uh, after going through all that, eventually, I um, when I got laid off, Will, my partner, for those who don't know who Will is, was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, do you want to? And I was like, no, because we had essentially started um, 
Fifth GM, which was our multimedia company. So um, we had started already producing events in New York and um, it was to the point where I was like, I don't want to go back. Like it was, it was a blessing in disguise. I kind of had a feeling it was coming. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I would have planned a little bit better, had some more, you know, cushion in my pocket. But nonetheless, I, like it wasn't something that I was like, that I regretted or that I ever looked back on and be like, you know, I wish it didn't happen. Um, so I went through the journey for a while of um, producing events and obviously being creative. I always like to do multiple things. It's never just one thing. Um, I was doing photo retouching for a long time and then um, I wasn't finding the right photos from my portfolio. So I was like, I'll do photography, you know, that sounds easy. I could just create my own photos. <laughs> photography is not easy for people. Who like, don't let your camera phone fool you. <laughs> There's a big difference between what your phone camera can do and what that digital SLR is going to put you through when you first pick it up. Yeah. But that's the science. I fell in love with it. Um, photography is still one of my, my, you know, I call it my, my day job, right? My, one of my main sources of income because it's my baby. I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, but through that, I met so many amazing, beautiful people who, you know, have taught me many different things, including one of my hairstylists, ironically, right? Um, so when I was sitting in her chair one day, um, I was talking about doing a magazine and originally it was supposed to be a hair magazine. And um, she's like, nay, you should do it. You know, you should do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, like I love hype hair and all these kinds of things, but I felt like there was still a certain aesthetic from what, after working with so many master natural hair pioneers that I felt like I wanted to like put this, you know, big thing together. And then um, I think it was right after um, Mike Brown was executed. There were so many people saying, you know, we would support black if we knew where the black owned businesses were. And I'm like, well, I'm a black business. She's a black business. He's a black business. There's right. tons of us out here. Right. You know? And so then that actually kind of morphed it more into a cultural publication because I wanted to highlight black businesses that people felt like that didn't exist, which was okay. Right. Um, I wanted to highlight black businesses. I wanted to highlight black beauty. I wanted to highlight our culture um, in many different facets and, you know, formats that it exists in. And that was what birthed Taji Mag. <laughs> Which is uh, a phenomenal, right? Like, <laughs> if you have not, I mean, she has a digital, of course, but you need the print. Your coffee table needs the print. It is the quality <laughs> The aesthetics, it's like it's Thank nothing you. else on the market. Um, like there there you have no peer in that that um that space. Um and so I'm really applaud you for A launching that and getting it done. You know, I th I think there's a couple things that stood out for me. A, I think a lot of people think you go into college knowing exactly what you're gonna do. I went to college studying chemistry, hated it. End up switching my third year into psychology, loved it, but still didn't want to be a therapist. Like, and I still mm -hmm. don't want to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but how I began to kind of create this path, and, and I think one of the things you spoke to was like the importance of learning skills by working for people, even if it's a job you didn't love, like, there are still so many skills that you learn. Mm -hmm by working i think there's a, a new culture saying hey we just want to go straight into entrepreneurship which i think works with some people but, but i think for the masses there's a lot of learning about business about working with people about building systems that there's no substitute there's no shortcut for that do you how do you feel about that um i agree i feel like well i feel like everybody's path is obviously going to be different right and people learn in different ways so like um for photography i was basically at like YouTube University like that was how I learned most of that for um Taji it was really a uh, trial and error right mm -hmm. so I put out the first one it like a month like on November 1st I registered everything December 7th I launched the magazine didn't know nothing about journalism I was a photographer like but I just knew like I could write you know I've obviously written thousands of papers throughout college and high school and everything else but it still wasn't like I didn't necessarily study journalism to know like this this should be in this format and that. And but I had Will to kind of help me with um, layout and aesthetic, but I wasn't a graphic designer. So like here I am like on my own putting together a whole publication. So Taji was trial and error. But then running a business, right? We already know. We say like you know schools don't necessarily teach you life skills. They don't teach you taxes. They're not teaching you you know. 
um, what your 401k when you actually get to a job, like what all that's actually about. So again, like I feel like there are certain things that you can learn in school that, that help. Right. And then there are certain things that you can learn from even apprenticeship, right? If you do an apprenticeship in your field, um, that would then be able to guide you better to, to be like, okay, now I'm comfortable going off and doing this on my own. Um, and I think that's also why a lot of us reach back too to be like, hey, let me teach you some of the things that I've learned so that you're not up here 17 years later, you know, now reaping the benefits. Like maybe you could reap them in three years. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. I definitely agree. <laughs> I think you do that a great job with that too. And starting with today does too. Like, hey, you want to try your hand at something, you want to build some skills. Here's a space where you can try to figure it out under our umbrella that is already incorporated versus trying to go through all that paperwork tax and you know, legal stuff that require is required for a business that a lot of people only see the product and the income. There's so much more um legality that, that keeps the business um legal. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like um I had a professor and the it's ironic because I, I I failed accounting in college and I was livid because I was like Math is my thing. Like, how do how did I fail accounting? He was a horrible teacher. That was how I failed accounting. So, <laughs> but what I did learn when it finally, because the, the one thing that he wasn't explaining to everybody was that in accounting, debit and credit just means plus and minus. Mm. We're adults, so we're thinking debit and credit like debit and credit card. So it didn't, it wasn't two weren't making you know connecting. But that class, even though he was a, a horrible teacher, I still learned accounting in a manner that I was then able to do accounting for myself and my business. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have grasped it the same way had I not have had that class. So that's why like it's there's certain things in, in your journey that are always going to um be beneficial for you in some way. And like I said, I majored in hospitality. So I'm I'm great on the customer customer service side of my business as well. Right. You know, there's a lot of professionalism coming at you. Even if you're coming at me kind of crazy, I'm gonna hit you back <laughs> and you're gonna flip it around and you're gonna do smiles at the end, you know. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different methods and ways and things that um I think were really beneficial throughout my journey that if I didn't experience those things, I wouldn't have had. And then I'm grateful for those tools because like I said, now I'm able to um share them. And even going into uh, adorned in Taji, which um, my mother, she was a creative and an artist, but you know, her having a child and having it to do a lot on her own, she education was her field. Like that was the thing that she went into um, for her every day, you know, being able to support us. Right. But as she got older, she was, she kind of dived into it again. And at this point, I'm already eight or nine years into an entrepreneur. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go. Let me help you. You know, I could do this and do that. And we right. could do this. And I built her website and all this other stuff. But again, life was like, yeah, I ain't really got time for this. And yep. but people that started helping her, I fell in love with it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, even though she she put it on pause, probably permanently, but she'll still come out and be like, I'm gonna make my earrings. And I'm like, yeah, right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was something that I was able to then um, fall in love with. And obviously I have other sisters who create jewelry as well. So learning from them and, and growing in that space with them, um, just expanding and realizing um, that it was a part, another part of me that I really needed and didn't know at the time. And it's becoming one of the things like I'm so passionate about. I love that. And I, I think we see the passion in, in it, right? Um, I have my eye on a couple of pieces, so I'm trying to narrow it down. <laughs> Which one I'm going to? I can like just buy the rack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that you bring up about your mother, right? And I think one of the things for me too is once we launch, initially I didn't get it, right? So the link, but by the time we launched our shape up, where we went to the barber shops and then was going through photos and seeing my my grandmother's beauty shop and then realizing like she was a philanthropist and didn't have that title, but that's what she did. Um, my mother is a philanthropist. She doesn't have an official title, but that's what she does. My dad has always taken care of people in our homes and our families. So um, these legacies that we've seen have shaped us, whether, you know, consciously or unconsciously, we still find ourselves on this path. One of the things I, I think I've seen during this uh, global pandemic is this uh, return to African spirituality and this rebranding. Um, and I right. think your, your brands, all of them, have always 
uh, nodded back to Africa um, and, and, and built that bridge for us. I think some of that, you know, is definitely you being from New York and having those those international hub space, but then also, you know, just who you are. And then how do we begin? How have you seen the shift in conversations where people are looking for um, more modalities of healing, of spirituality over the last couple of years than you have in previous um, previous times? Well, I, I think first, I think it really started with um, us amplifying therapy, right? Because mm -hmm. at, at first, everybody was like, you know, black friends, we didn't talk about our business outside the house. And it's like, okay, well, part of that is a problem, especially when the problem is inside the house. And if I can't talk to you, then who am I supposed to talk to, you know? So right. I think um, the amplification of therapy helped, right? Because then now you have people who are saying, I went to therapy and it changed my life. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, what else can I do? And then for people who maybe therapy isn't for them, but they, they still need other ways to, to heal and learn and grow, like, okay, well, what else can I do either um, instead of therapy or in addition to therapy? And I feel like that's where a lot of, you know, um, self-care and creating your own practices, and, you know, meditating, using crystals, um, just getting back to your roots and finding things that, that make sense to you. Like, even now, I'm discovering so much about, um, to your point of, you know, when, when we realized where our parents were and the things that they did, even though the titles might not have been, you know, exact, we're realizing, like, my grandparents actually were entrepreneurs. They used, they had a, a travel agency that they then turned into an art gallery, and I believe I'm doing that in the proper order. Um, that where I, I saw that when I was young, when I was growing up, and my grandfather used to say to me, this is going to be yours when you get older. Mm. And even though my grandmother was kind of in the background, like, no, like, we got kids that it's going to first. But it, just him telling me that still made me feel like something could be mine. Like, yeah, 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 whatever she said. I know, I know I'm, I'm not next in order, but, you know, what he said, you know? So those little things. And then finding out um, recently, like, a few months ago, speaking to my grandmother about how my great-grandmother was from New Orleans and her connection to spirituality in that sense, like, I didn't know. And I always had something drawing me to New Orleans, but I never knew what it was. And it's like... When you start diving into your, you know, your history and your lineage, things start to make sense after a while. I love that. I love that. And something saying that it's yours that re that resonated in my spirit so much. Like, you know, w there is inheritance. I think a lot of times we think uh, we have this new wave. Of course, that is important around generational wealth. But I think a lot of times we only focus on the money. And I think there's so much more legacy um, that has been given to us from our ancestors um, that that is worth valuing as much as well, you know, and then we are building upon that uh, from that that standpoint. Um, with your your pieces with Adorn and Taji, um, can you talk a little bit about the process and how, listen, let me say, okay, so... You did, uh, you do, you have a YouTube where you talk about some of your rituals, um, which is so informative. And then your website is so. <laughs> yeah, I so just said it all. Thank you. So it's so much information. It's a, it's, a, it's a encyclopedia for like gemstones and like how to navigate that. I think it's so, um, I haven't seen anything like that where people go that much in depth about where it's such a good source to if especially if you're starting out and trying mm -hmm. to navigate such a, a vast space that you have some tools so tell us a little bit about that process how did you go into you know picking out what you wanted to focus on as far as your pieces um that are unique <laughs> and beautiful um, i wanted to oh go, go ahead go ahead yeah and, and healing um I, for me it was i wanted to create pieces that um reflected me right so originally when i was when i started making stuff like i said i started with um my mother and it kind of had a slightly um older aesthetic right like most older women they don't they don't want like really long things or you know like they're like even now when i'm selling certain things i have two tiers like the top tier has shorter earrings and the bottom tier has longer earrings and i can literally see like when they walk up to them oh, okay i can your face may not say it, but, you know, you just told me your age based on which tier you're going to, right? So true. So, 
So, um, but in, in doing so, it was like, obviously I started to wear my own stuff because, um, I'm promoting it, but it still didn't feel like it reflected me and my personality. Um, and even though I'm very much so a behind the camera kind of person, my, uh, aesthetic is loud <laughs> in a sense. So I started making pieces and when I, when I would see certain things and I'd be like, okay, yes, that's me. No, that's not me. That would be me if it was this way. Um, and then from the healing aspect of it, once I started, it, when I started creating adornments, I didn't even realize that I was actually making them with semi-precious stones until mm -hmm. I started reading, the, like getting into gemstones and realizing that my packaging said it. Because at first I thought that the, they were um, glass beads that were trying to represent. But then I realized that certain spaces where I was purchasing from, they actually were gemstones, which then made me like, yes, like now we're really even diving in even more. So I've been, you know, again, that's that's a whole science behind, you know, uh, the different properties of certain stones and um, what they're they've been most beneficial for, you know, knowing your chakras and this color alignments and all these other amazing, great things. And but like you said, it can be a lot of information for somebody who's just started. And I'll get a lot of people who will come to me. And the first thing they say is, you know, I'm going through this. What do I need? Mm. And so I'm trying to make it easier for people who, if I'm not vending in person, or maybe if they're too shy to, you know, slide into the DM, where they can find that information on their own and then still purchase, you know, whatever is necessary for what they're going for uh, or going through at the time, whatever, you know, whether it's healing, abundance, protection, you know, whatever they may be looking for. And especially I noticed um, recently um, with our people, it's been a lot of uh, anxiety that people are trying to overcome. Listen, and then there's been a lot of um, abundance of wealth that they're trying to welcome into their lives. So I've really been focusing on those two main things, um, and even like those, they're important to me as well. So I'm like, well, that's easy for me to, you this, know. That's where I am. That's where I am. That's, the one, that's what I started reading into for sure. Um, the anxiety this year is a lot of things I'm excited about, but there's also this pool that is calling me into deeper waters, and it's. It's it's a lot of anxiety around it. I think a lot of things we're talking about is so why we are building upon, you know, the legacy and the foundation that our um, our family have have left us or leaving us. That there's we're also uh, walking into uncharted waters. A lot of us are, and so yeah. there's a lot there's a lot that comes with like not knowing. You know, me being first generation college, like. There's a lot of things we have not seen yet. Um, mm -hmm. and even, you know, the first generation of Black people really going through therapy, right? And really, you know, processing. We're not only processing our, our trauma, we're processing everybody's trauma who came before us yeah. and how it has manifested. And it's that's heavy work. Um, I think I'm in a balance between trying mm -hmm. to uh, give myself grace. One of my friends, Christina, was like, you know, we can't be responsible for breaking every single generational curse. Like, we, we got to give... Somebody like, after us is going to have to do some work, too. <laughs> 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 uh, but also trying to do our best um, and mm -hmm. show up and welcome, you know, abundance in a space where you might not have seen it, you know, where we, we've been um talk so much to like hold on to this scarcity to you know just hold on to this little bit and be grateful for that we are but then like what does what does abundance look like uh for us not only just you know of course money but peace um you know rest <laughs> um you know lifestyle you know prioritizing family over you know I, I know my parents they work very very hard um and you know saying, hey, we want to prioritize family and community over a job that, you know, really doesn't care about us. Exactly. And I think I had even uh, probably recently posted a meme that said, you know, like, we weren't just passed down generational trauma. We need to, to acknowledge the excellence that we received as well. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people, you know, we're always like, DNA from whether you are indigenous to this country or whether you were enslaved by this country, we still know that our ancestors went through hell in this country in general. But that doesn't mean that they were like, when we look at all of the amazing things that if, if you went through all of that and we're still so amazing, like, mm -hmm. what is that? You know, like, okay. how do we tap into more of that? Absolutely. And like you said, abundance is um, something that we weren't necessarily taught, right? Especially throughout a lot of our um 
religious practices, we're basically taught that we need to be humble in this life and to receive in the next life. And, and but it's like, why is it just us? Why does everybody else get to receive in this life and the next life, but right. only we have to sit back and be like, okay, like we're, we're still technically the servants. Like we still have to serve everybody else, be nice and humble to everybody else. And then because we are, then we'll receive in the next life. But I yeah, believe that we can receive for both. Like you can receive now, you can still be humble, you can still serve, and you can still receive. It's that yep. give and take that my balance. And then still whatever you believe happens afterwards, whether you think you go to heaven or whether you think, you know, um, your spirit comes back or you reincarnate or you go to the ancestral realm, whatever it is you believe, I think you'll still be fine there too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I think one of the things that um draws people in is your authenticity how do you feel like that plays a part into uh building a brand i think you see a lot of people who turn on for mm -hmm. a brand. you know what i'm saying um how do you feel uh bringing your what i know from my experience with you your full self into your brand um honestly it was it was hard at first because, um, again, right from the, so I, I still had to break down what we were taught, right? Mm. Because the structure is, um, especially at, at Howard specifically being in the school to be, anybody who was there with me knows I hated, I hated that suit. <laughs> I did not want to wear it. I forgot about yeah, what day of the week it yes. was. And I was, wow. I was big, so like the suit didn't even fit me. I was angry. I didn't want to wear it. But um, we're taught a certain level of professionalism, right? And we're taught what professionalism looks like. So Absolutely. the fact that, you know, every now and again, I'll throw a curse word into a newsletter, somebody, like, even my mom will be like, did you just say it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and you know why? Because my tribe knows me and they love it. And I'm going to speak how I speak because that's how they speak. You know, they recognize that. They, they see themselves in me and vice versa. So I feel like if um, more of us actually showed up as our truest selves inside of our businesses as well, I think that's where the thriving comes from. And shout out to um, Nancy, a black girl PR, because she really helped me um, formulate my voice, mm -hmm. right? It was like, I already, <clears throat> excuse me, I already knew where I wanted to go. I just, I still needed somebody to say the, the yes, you're right. <laughs> like, it's fine to do that. Um, and also how to use my voice in a way where it still sounds professional and I'm still getting the point across, right? So yeah. you'll know that I'm not just, you know, um, I'm not going to be ranting or like, I'm, I'm actually going to be providing you information. And if I'm telling you a real truth about my story, this is a real truth about whatever I went through, but I'm also going to provide the solutions to, to what I'm working on in that story as well, too. So I think a lot of times, sometimes when we see some people in their authentic selves, but it's just the, the negative of whatever's going on in their life. Mm. And then after a while, people kind of tune it off, right? It's like, it's like reality TV. It's cool, but how much of it can we really digest before it's like, all right, y'all is just always fighting. You know, it's like yeah. there's no there's no other, you know, substance or sub substance inside of this. So I feel like um, being able to tell, like, uh, even recently I told the journey of my skin, which I, I realized I didn't have pictures of myself during that time that I could even provide in that email to be like, oh, before and after. Like, mm -hmm. it was a real thing that I was going through. Yeah. And I know that it's a real thing that other people go through because the people who saw me then, who see me now, are like, sis, what did you do? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, here's the story to be told, you know? Right. So I think um, using our stories to help others is important as well. And sometimes you never know. I'm sending out a newsletter and if it's hitting thousands of people, I'm not, I might not necessarily know all of those thousands of people, even if my intent is, okay, 10 people ask me about it, here's the information in one email for those 10 people, but how many of those other people are receiving this information as well? So I feel like that's, this is extra important to show up as yourself, to use your voice. Um, and then you're going to be more comfortable. Like if I was doing this interview with you sitting in a suit, I've been sitting here like, <laughs> yeah okay and then and then I did and my mom and she like it would have been hella uncomfortable you know instead of me just being like 
hey, that's my sis. I love you. I'm so happy to see your face, you know, and, and that's the real, like, that's that's my truth. I'm legit happy to see your face. You know, and, and I, I went through the same thing, too, when I first started, starting with today, I think I felt a, a real sense of needing to prove myself, I think, as a Black woman, um, mm -hmm. to show up in a space to say I was, you know, worthy of being in this space i had information that was valuable i think it was both external and internal right like i think there was mm -hmm. this both needing to prove space and i think that lasted maybe the first year or so um and then i was like nah this not even this ain't even who i am and once i began to let that go i was able to really tap into like what really makes sense for me as a leader and then for the organization as a brand and mm -hmm. Then it begins to, you, of course, you go into, you get into flow, you get into thriving, you get into spaces where people are seeing themselves, and then you're mm -hmm. meeting a niche that other people are are meeting in a, in a way that other people can can see themselves in. I think that has been really powerful um, in you know inviting people into into this group therapy, into this community therapy space. Um, it wouldn't work in in suits, and, and even when we were talking, when we we're typically doing prep work for anybody new coming to our space, it's like just how you would normally dress, like going to brunch or going out with your friends or homecoming, like whatever. That is the time you wear. Um, you know, once you clean, like other than that, like, right? You know, <laughs> like take a shower, but then be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then come on. Uh, <laughs> um, um, and really just kind of removing that that. Uh, power dynamic that we often see in white spaces and saying hey this this doesn't work for us this is this is not how learning occurs this is not how trust is built this is not how community is built and so really kind of getting really intentional with that i think really freed up our path um in a way we hadn't seen before um, i absolutely agree yeah so let's get into the pieces you have some amazing pieces on right now so people <laughs> aren't familiar right to your brand to your to your jewelry can you, can you walk us through some of your your favorite pieces um some of your you know highest selling like uh pieces that that people love um i think the the two um top tier are so and i wish i wish i had one of my mannequins out with me but they're um packed for vending later but um are the crowns right so the crowns i feel are what catapulted the brand because mm -hmm. Um, it plays, especially black women, um, it amplifies your goddess, right? So they get to, uh, feel beautiful, to be their truest selves, to, um, just really recognize, like, you know, like we always say, you know, like, walk around with your crown high, you know, adjust your crown, sis, but to actually see it yeah. in, in physical, tangible format for some women, it's just like, they, they're showing up, you know, so whether it's, they're going out somewhere special or they're just, I used to run to the grocery store with my crown going like, what you going to do? Like, <laughs> just, just love it. Right. I love it. Um, so I think the crowns are one of the highest selling. And then um, recently on two twenty two twenty two, I released the lip cuffs mm -hmm. and that like went off like wildfire. So I had already had, I think prior to that, the, the cowrie ear. Oh wait, I might have, I, I had to just make one for um, a client. So the cowrie ear cuffs. So beautiful. This was one of the top sellers. And then I think recently when I released the ah, thank you. This is why we love Will. Oh this is my mannequin. <laughs> I love it. And I actually um talk about the cowrie for a little bit because you know, in African tradition, right? It's it's used as a source a symbol of a money, uh, I believe. Absolutely. Okay. Um they so, used to use it as as currency. So currency. um to me and then also the fact that, you know, the cowrie shells can be found at the beach and they come from the ocean. It has a lot of that, that goddess spirit energy as well. Um this is why I love being prepped because sometimes you just have things readily next to you. No, and we'll and I, I love you for it. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So let me show you this really fast. So different crowns that just, you know, accentuate who we are. So we this is obviously one of the more um, elaborate crowns. 
that you know when you when you're going out and you need to stun on them real quick this is the one you go with i love it and um but yeah so like i was saying the the, the uh lip cuffs took off um and i feel like things that are everyday let me fix her first before i should things that are everyday are always going to be um the things that fly off the shelf first right so you get to to show something that has um your spirit in it something that shows like your elevation something that shows you know whether it's your spirituality or that you're working on your shadow self whatever it is something that shows that you know you're showing up in that manner those are going to be the things that go first so this is going to be that is in incredible setting. And I think it's it's both this thing of again, this external beauty, but it's also a cue to your inner spirit. Exactly. Health. So uh, it's bringing out what wherever your reflection is, right? Because I'll right. even have sometimes I'll have some some women say, you know, I'm not there yet, right? Like they'll right. look at that crown and they'll go, I'm not there yet. And my response to that is says who? Ooh. You know, who? And how many people because, said this is true? That's what my therapy said. And who told you that? And why do you believe it's true? Exactly. Because there's there's something, like, and understandably so, you know, not everybody is going to be big and elaborate and you, you always want to, you know, go big and better. But if you're saying you're not there yet, Ooh. that's there's a difference between, you know, oh, that's not my style and I'm not there yet. That means I want to be there, right. but there's something that's holding me back. There's still a piece of me that says I'm too small for that, right? right? So... When they say I'm not there yet, my response is generally says who? Um, because I feel like Nay the healer. <laughs> <laughs> if we're if we're running around and we're being our truest selves, mm -hmm. then you can't tell me where I am yet. You know? And I think that's so true. And I think that's one of the beautiful things I feel about being a black woman. And maybe one of the benefits that I probably experienced at Howard and since then and being in DC is that I have seen my reflection back in so many beautiful black women. Um, even when I wasn't feeling it myself, that they beckoned me to it in a way that's so gentle and so loving. And I don't think there's a um I don't think there's any other space that can do that for other than black women showing up for, for black women. Sometimes I say, I say everything I learned, I learned from a black woman, even if a black man taught me, he learned from black, a woman. <laughs> everything I know <laughs> a black woman taught me. And, and one of the things of that is, is self-love and then how we continue to nurture that and grow and evolve because, you know, self-love at 20 is very different for self-love at 40 for me and something that I'm still, you know, learning. Um, what What do you feel about that as far as making sure you're honoring your own crown and then the work that you do elevating the crown of other women in, in your community, in your spaces? Um, I think oftentimes when it comes to the self-care part, I have to give myself space, right? Mm. Um, and it's... Um, it's a little bit harder in this this um, constant content world that we're in right now, you know, because social media doesn't let you not show up, let you not show up. And then that next day you have like two eyes on things that you had a thousand eyes on before. So definitely. it was definitely finding that balance, finding that my eye in it all. Um, but really I, what I like to do is I take time for myself. Um, and even if it's throughout the day, you know, sometimes like, like after this, I, I created a whole bunch of stuff and then we'll have our talk and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go eat and, and watch my show, you know? And that to me is my, my space. Like I'm, that's what makes me comfortable. Some people, they say, you know, I like to take a bath. I like to read a book, like whatever your space is, take that time for you and try to find it in whatever ways you can. And, um, I, I know it's slightly harder for parents, especially if you're parenting on your own, whether you're a man or a woman, right. um, but if your child is old enough, making sure that you're still finding a way to take some time to be like, okay, you know, I got them busy doing something over there. Now let me take five seconds for myself. And that five seconds is literally your rest time. It's not, I got them busy over there. Now let me go work. It's like, you, you have to find the time for yourself to just be like, woosa. Cause then that's when your, your excitement comes back. Right. Normally it's when I'm not doing something where I'm like, Oh, let me make this. Oh, I wanted to create that. 
all the ideas come flooding back and I might not, depending on my, you know, um, if I'm rested enough, I'll go do it right then or I'll write it down so that I don't forget to do it when I'm back to working later. And I think it's important for us to take that time and that space just to be like, like literally shut, shut it down for a little bit, turn the brain off. I know it's hard, especially for those of us who would have had what they consider ADHD and brain is going like this right. all day long. And it's like, I'm, I'm quiet. How do I quiet? <laughs> you know, what's quiet? Um, and we're like trying to meditate and it's like 80 thoughts. And it's like, I said, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but still, even inside of that meditation, um, there's organization now to those folks that I feel is still beneficial. So even if I can't get the quiet, it's like I can get the focus to say, oh, yeah, I did want to do that. And I'm supposed to do that in order to launch this, which is going to create that instead of it just being everything is all whirly around every place. So, um, yeah, for me, it's definitely creating space for myself just to to be um to do whatever i want to do that isn't necessarily all the things that i'm i feel like i'm still supposed to do because that control is still there in a sense in terms of yes i work for myself but now i'm still making sure that i'm showing up for um my tribe and inside of that because i'm doing it on social media and even though i have a newsletter where i can reach them it, it's still a um, you have to do these certain things. Otherwise, it doesn't necessarily work as well. Mm. And making sure that in and of itself isn't affecting me as well because it did for a very long time. Right. Feeling like I always have to do something. I'm always supposed to be, you know, I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to do this right now. And then now I'm being down on myself because I'm tired, because I don't want to do it. Instead of just being like, it's okay, sis, take a break. Like, it's going to be there when you come back regardless. Like, it's really not going anywhere. And then whatever, you know, you can ramp it up. And if it goes back down, that's okay. Like, it's roller coasters anyway. There's going to be downtimes at some point. Like, you're not always going to be on the high all the time. Like, you have to go through the low. You learn your lessons through, you, through the low. That's when, you know, you're, you're getting your education through the low. So, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, that resonates with me so much. And, and, and I, I, I wrestle with that, right? And, and I'm hoping to get better. But it, is, it takes so much to produce content. I think people who are doing it for leisure don't understand the strategy and the time it takes to do it for business. It takes a lot in addition to actually doing the actual work for the business, you know? <laughs> exactly. And then when you add on multiple businesses, it's like, okay, wait a second. And I'm still just one person, you know? So right. Um, and so finding that balance and saying, okay, I still want to be intentional with my time, my space. And if we're talking about mental health and wellness, if that's our North Star and I'm not taking care of myself as an owner, then there's a huge conflict there. So I, I have to be really intentional and trying to, you know, honor that as well. Um, I think one of the things that I wanted to, a couple more things before we close out, but you mentioned Will. I think one of the things uh, who's amazing, creative person, entity in and of himself. Um, one of did he take like you? One of the things that. I think it's really important for black women in entrepreneurship is to have a support system. Mm -hmm. so can you talk a little bit about your support system and how that helps you um, be more sustainable in your work? Uh, because this, this journey is not, Listen, or, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. I think a lot of people see the glitz and the glams and the end results um, but it is right, uh, right, right. Too much. So, um, talk about support system, and then definitely how that kicked in through this pandemic. Because I, I know a lot of businesses, especially black businesses, have been struggling, ourselves included. Um, how do you begin to kind of uh, regroup in that space? Um, so, Will is like Will keeps me really grounded. Um, because number one, like I said, my brain is usually all over the place, so I can bounce things off of Will, and he'll help certain things make sense if my brain is like, yeah, but then what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And if you ask Will, Will would generally say like, I told you to do such and such. You didn't listen when I told you to do it a year ago. And I'm like, okay, but we're doing it now. So now what do we have to do? Um, but he definitely, he helps keep me grounded. He helps um, keep it fun, you know, because he's like, uh, he's a reflection of me. So 
and all of the silly things and, and silly ways that I am. Like we share a sense of humor. So if things are too heavy on me, we'll like will do his best to raise my spirits. And I really appreciate him for that. And I hope he knows that. Um, <laughs> um, but also Will is, he's my, my business partner in a lot of other aspects. Yeah. So when it comes to the, okay, well, how do we get this, this, this bread? You know, it's like, I have somebody to literally sit down and brainstorm with. Um, so it's not just always all of the things that are going on inside of my head. And I'm not sure like, do you think this will work? It should work. And then oftentimes with me, my personality is if I think of something and I think it's a great idea, I do it. I eat Tiger Mag. Like I said, November 1st, <laughs> December 7th. Like, y'all, if you want to do a magazine, don't don't put it out in a month. Like, take take a little bit of time. Do some details, <laughs> take it out, okay? Like, I don't recommend it. But um, but when to I, the point, I, like, I had this idea for the series, like, what, Thursday the last week? And I hit you up, and you're like, yeah, I do it in the Wednesday. Like, okay, you free next let's week. go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and, but some some things are sustainable in that manner. Um, and then, but again, obviously, like, even when you came to me, and I'm like, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, some things, when you have that, that confirmation or somebody to say, like, yes, this could work. And if you need any help or this is how, you know, you can make it work, it's easier than just trying to do everything on your own. So, and I also think that's, that's the importance of tribe in general. Right. Um, so I have will for that. I have my other sisters who helped me out with that. Like I mentioned, um, Nancy Lee earlier who from black girl PR, she helped me out in a lot of ways. So I feel like, um, having them, um, for all the, the multiple aspects that they are like, will is a, multi-faceted creative right so he does graphic design illustration brand identity so that helps me with that aspect like if i create a logo if i'm doing a flyer um, all of which i learned how to do from will you know that was his thing and it, it was essentially him saying you gonna have to like i gotta work so we're gonna teach you how to do it because i can't create everything for you like you're creative you have talents you can do this i believe in you right and him saying he believed in me i'm like all right, great. So like, maybe I can't do it. So you know? far. Like, you so far. And you really only need like one confirmation of somebody saying, like, <laughs> I got you. You can do this. You know what I'm saying? And then um, to the point of through the pandemic, honestly, I felt like because it slowed everything down for us, it helped us reorganize in a manner that then catapulted us. Nice. Um, Will went back to um, doing photography, which has been. Something that he's been passionate about and crazy, crazy. So he's he's back on in, inside of that realm. In addition to you know the branding, the identity, the illustration work that he has for certain clients. Um, with me, I got even more into um, the adornments and really into my studies. Into because originally I was like you know, and even now I will still say like, you know, people will come to me like, I'm not your shaman. Like I don't have, I haven't been doing this for thousands of years. You know, I'm not, I, I don't have all the owns down. Like, I don't have it, but I am learning and growing. And what I do know, I'm definitely willing to share with you and help you in any way that I can. And the fact that people have come back to me and have told me that it helps, then I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm I'm on the right path and I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Um, but and then, like, that, I'm that, having I'm these people that, who are like, your space was always like a healing, elevating space. I mean, even you talking about the little dorm rooms we lived in, like, it was always <laughs> you go in feeling one way, you're gonna come out feeling mm -hmm. another way, like, you feel better, elevated. And I think that's a, a, a natural gift that we probably didn't have to work for then, um, but that we can see definitely now. Thank you, thank you. I, I always felt really um, communal and really community oriented. And I feel like Taji amplified that on a thousand levels in terms of like me now actually reaching out um, on a global platform, right? Because we've, we've had contributors from Kenya, we've had contributors from London on the cover, included inside, you know, the, the pages, literally all over the, the U.S., like, shout out to Atlanta, even Brazil, Brazil be coming through, like, hey, we got the largest mm -hmm. black population, so, like, what are you saying, you know, um, and so, like, that really showed me um, that the community work that I want to do in the way that I think we need it is, is actually valid and important, and then um, transitioning into the adornment side of it for um, more so the healing, the protection, you know, um, the abundance side of it has been confirmation for more um, 
personal levels, like where I'm actually reaching people to say like, here, here's this, you know, this actual tangible thing for you that you can wear, that you can hold dear, that um, represents you in some way, shape or form. And that is going to provide, you know, something towards your needs in this time. And even I'll say like with the adornments, it's not, you're not always uh, necessarily going to have the same thing, right? Like um, every now and then you might have a bracelet and you're like, I had my bracelet for three years and all of a sudden it just popped. And I'm like, it did its job, you know? Like now you move on to whatever your next thing is. It served its purpose and it's letting you know you reached it, you know? So now that where are you good too, I lose jury. <laughs> to, uh, science. <laughs> um, so that but that feels good like it served its purpose and it has exited and i can't re you know get something new mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely I so those are those are just you know the i feel like the communal tools and things that i'm able to share and also to receive back because it makes me helping people makes me feel good too so it's not just all um, giving, I'm able to receive in that manner as well, which is like I, I always say, you know, it's the my eye, it's the balance of life that we're supposed to have. So mm, that's so beautiful. I, this has been so good for me. Um, a just seeing your face and talking to you. Uh, we gotta do this again. Um, yeah, so I really, really. <laughs> um, your time, your energy, your gifts, um, and sharing them with us. Please let us know how we can find you, all the spaces, how they can get it. Cops a new jury, how they can uh cop a new magazine, like give us all the deets where they can find you um online and in this internet world. Yes. So um the publication is Taji Mag, it's T-A-J-I. Um people often like to say Taj, that's not it. Uh Taji actually means crown and key Swahili, so we're gonna put some respect on the word. Um it's on it's tajimag.com. Uh, but Taji Magazine on all social platforms and adornedintaji.com and adornedintaji on all social platforms. And Charlene, thank you, thank you so much for having me. I'm so appreciative. The fact that you even reached out, I was like, that's my name. Of course I'm going to do First it. First of all, I was like, that. she ain't going to reply back. Like, I'm going to have to, like, try to find her, like, agency that we go through. Like, no, you always got immediate access. <laughs> I appreciate the love, the uh, the generosity. Uh, we wish you much, much, much success. Um, I am going to cop something very, very soon. Um, Thank you. And looking forward to rocking it and being just in community. I think we need more spaces where um, Black women, Black entrepreneurs uh, can can see themselves um, and see that support. So it's such a, it's it's hard. It's hard doing it alone. So. Anyway, we can support um, each other. It's, it's definitely something that we want to do. Um, so I appreciate you. You can find uh, Starting With Today on all social media platforms at Starting With Today, except on Twitter, we're Starting W With Today. Uh, you can find us online at startingwithtoday.org. My name is Charlene. You can find me at True underscore Charlene on all social media platforms. We'll see y'all again next week, same place, same time, uh, with Amber Jackson of the Black League Tea. Hey, and uh, we are excited to have her, to talk to her about her business. So join us. We're going to save this. We're going to add to YouTube, share it, all that. And uh, we'll see y'all black. Y'all see y'all black. <laughs> see y'all black. Black, 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 black